0: The message you're about to hear was preached at Gossam Africa 2019, Justification you by Grace through Faith. Stay tuned. So
1: we can overflow with purpose in mind, you say
0: to us, Amen, you may take your seats. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Ah, that was so refreshing. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Roderick and the CYI. We appreciate the gift of God that's working in you. And uh, you guys, you know, I just just thank God for the spirit of excellence. Uh, On Friday night, we met in the larger hall, and I was so blessed and impressed by how uh, good and clean the sound was. Uh, here we get, here we, we are again in this smaller room today, and it's just as good as it was last Friday. Yeah. Uh, Bright, I want to thank you. Where's Bright? He just disappeared. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, where did he go? Praise God. Yeah, Bright is the guy, the sound engineer. Here he is. Yeah, I'm talking about you, man. Yeah, we thanking God for your gift. Amen. And you, so I, I want to encourage you, man. So next year when I come, I want to bring you five of these microphones. I want to bring you five of them. I I, I really just thank God for what you do, man. See, body of Christ, you must understand. Without these people, ministry will be very handicapped. We were just somewhere, I don't want to say the place because I know that the people that are saying it may hear it, I don't want to embarrass them, where the sound was, what shall I say? <laughs> I was trying to be diplomatic, but praise God, for blunt, it was difficult. Because you say three words, and then next four will get cut Back and forth, and back and forth. It it makes ministry tough. Mm-hmm. But when you find a man that's gifted, yeah. we must uh, recognize that all gifts are of God, oh. not just the preaching gift. And that's the reason I'm highlighting this, yeah. because in churches. For so long, we think the man that has a microphone and the eloquence is a man of God. And we think the guys that do what he does is a lesser man of God. (laughs) No. The same anointing. His for doing what he does, and yours and mine for doing what we do. All of them belong to God because every good gift and every perfect gift they come from above. From the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness. Neither the shadow of turning. So bright, I salute you. I commend you. I thank God for the spirit of excellence. Thank you so much for what you do. Amen? And I pray, next May when you see me, you have five short microphones, handless, in Jesus' name. That just goes on your budget. Praise God. <laughs> she, she's not as excited as she was when I was. <laughs> Praise God. Because we want to empower him. We want to encourage him to do better and do more. And be more blessed to the body of Christ in Ghana. Yeah. Amen. In fact, for Nigeria, I almost want to ask all the Nigerians to leave this afternoon. <laughs> <sighs> because your spirit of, of nepa almost came upon us here. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <Yeah. laughs> the truth of the matter is, Pastor Chris is here. Pastor Lecon is there. They all came from Nigeria. We have done a lot, a lot in Nigeria and for Nigeria. And we continue to do. But right now, we're in Akra, the, the capital of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Nigerians, when you fix your nation, we'll come. <laughs> 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 no, but, but the truth is, I mean, Kain Day was in school in Nigeria now, am I not talking? We, we've invested so much time in Nigeria. M- M- Bishop Moses was in Nigeria. Uh, Likon was in Nigeria, I mean, so we spent a lot of time. I mean, Kain Ke- Day, you guys are in Nigeria. We have missionary artists in Nigeria. We have schools in Nigeria. Where we have, so we're still involved in Nigeria. Are, we're still involved. But you have to spend your resources where you get the greatest bang. You sow your seed in the soil that has the greatest potential for producing more seed. Did you guys hear what I just said? Yes, what farmer will see hard ground that will not produce and plant the seed there when there is fertile soil that's available and ready to sprout? Amen? Nigeria, you guys have too much. Too much. So much you should be given away. Amen. We do not need another church in Nigeria. You have enough already. Every street has twenty-five churches. Is it white, black, green, yellow, green? Yellow? You just you choose one. You, choose, you, you you are in one this week. You are on the one. How many, how many churches are on your street? <laughs> he knows I'm telling him the truth. But anyway, anyway, we go to where God leads us. But for right now, I mean, no, seriously, the truth of the matter is, for right now, for GOSIM Africa, we feel that Ghana is the place. Because from Ghana, we are one flight away from everywhere. <laughs> Strategically. You have to be strategic in your resources. Accra to Freedom, one flight. Accra to Cote d'Ivoire, one flight. Accra to Nairobi, one flight. Accra to uh, Morovia, one flight. If I was in Nigeria, it, each one of those cities would be two flights. Why should I put myself through the first one I can do in one? Do I look like I'm crazy? So when we leave, why are you looking at me like without a tone of voice? <laughs> 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 so seriously, when we leave here next year, we're going to Town to do a go in Syria alone because they have a lot more people, actually a lot, almost as many people as in this room, in that small country, and they are doing an incredible work. So if we were in Nigeria, we will not be able to do it. It would just be too cumbersome, too logistically. It takes a lot more time. So it's more expedient to do it from here. And also to touch East Africa next year while we're here. Five and a half hours across to Nairobi. Amen. Amen. Page 14. So now, please, tomorrow morning, I want to... I encourage you to be here on time. Yeah. I'm going to finish this lesson two now and close for the day because we started late. We started about 10 o'clock. Logi- logistical reasons. We had to set up and get it prepared, but now we are prepared. So tomorrow I'm begging you, be here at nine. Get here at nine o'clock because we have three lessons to do tomorrow. And the goal is to complete all three lessons in the supernatural Time of 3 Mm -hmm. Mm p.m. Amen. Mm -hmm. So let's be here tomorrow at nine, or rather, let's get started at nine. That means you have to be here before nine o'clock. And really, there is something that we're doing tomorrow. I cannot reveal it yet. I'm under law where I cannot say it yet. <laughs> my lawyers will not let me say it yet. <laughs> All right. Page 14. I mentioned to you earlier that there are two big elephants in the room when it comes grace. Elephant number one, does my work not count towards my eternal destiny? That's elephant number one. We address that. We are the fact that there are two works, dead works and good works. All of us were created beforehand for good works in Christ Jesus. But you can only begin to see those good works when you are born again and through the grace of God. Okay? So, you are not working to get God's favor, to receive God's blessing. You are working because out of the gratitude of knowing that you are blessed. Totally different motivation. Amen? Amen? So the second elephant, which I'm sure many of you in this room are very concerned about, and rightly so, is the issue of, does morality matter under grace? Does morality matter under grace? Does how I live matter under grace? And the answer is absolutely yes, it matters. Put in a different way. Let me read it so I don't mess it up. Put it a different way. Are you saying you can do anything you want? Is grace a recipe for spiritual anarchy? And the answer is absolutely no. You cannot do anything you want, and grace is not a recipe for spiritual anarchy. Okay? So morality matters. But... Not like religious people think. Paul addressed this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 17. Ah, I missed a big portion of this passage. Mm. Okay, let me address this first. I'll go back. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Can it get any clearer than that? A man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Is it clear? Can it get any clearer than that? Now, look at verse 17. This addresses the big elephant number two. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? And he answered the question, certainly not. This is the second time Paul is going to address this question. He addresses Romans chapter... Six. It says, Shall sin abound. Shall we continue to show that grace may abound? And he said, No, absolutely not. Now, this is what you need to get with this. The reason he addressed that in Romans and now again Galatians is because. Now hear this. If you ever preach the true, pure grace message of God the proof that you've preached the true grace, people have to question, are you saying that we have to keep on living in sin? You didn't hear what I just said. (laughs) That is the proof in the pudding. As long as you are dancing around it, nobody will ask, they will not ask that question. That means you've not touched grace. But when you hit grace on the head, people rightly so, should I add, must question, what are you saying? Are you really saying that we can keep on living in sin and being grace? Is that what you're saying? In other words, the message you are bringing must provoke that question. If it doesn't provoke it, you've not preached grace. So twice, in Paul's preaching of that message, that question arose and he had to address it. Are you following what I'm saying? So here he says it again, Galatians 2.17. But each time he answered it, he answered it. Certainly not. That's the strongest possible terms in Greek to say no. You know, you can say no. No, no, oh, no, no, no. Do you see the difference in intonation? So when he says certainly not, the way he said it, that's the strongest possible negative response to that question. So he's yelling it absolutely not. That's not what I'm telling you. Don't take no liberty for license to think because I'm teaching grace you can go and do what you want. No! Now, is it possible that people that embrace the grace message take that as a liberty to live in sin? Yes! There are those who hide under the guise of grace to live in a careless, reckless, useless, useless, terrible life. Absolutely. I'll, I'll give them that. That, that. That's possible. People do that. They embrace grace. They become lazy. They don't pray anymore. They don't read the Bible anymore. They don't fast anymore. They don't walk. For me, I mean, really, for, I, according to Paul and his scriptures, those guys, they, they really don't know what they're talking about. They're just using grace as a guise for their reckless, careless living they were never in grace. Mm. Let me give an example. This this just happened a week or two ago. A pastor of a large charismatic church in the United States just resigned the church and walked away and reneged his faith. He just didn't resign. He said, I no longer believe. True story. It just happened last week. Last week. This, you know, CNN will call it breaking news. You ever watch CNN when they say, breaking news? That means this is heart of the press. Large congregation. Now, what's, what's, his, what's his reason? He said for 30 years his marriage is a mess. He said he's done everything the book says about how to have a good, godly marriage that does not work for him. And he just counted all the catalog of things that's happened to him. And at the end of the day, he said, you know what? I'm tired. I'm tired to continue to act. I'm tired to continue to just uh, uh, play to the gallery. Playing to the gallery means they set the stage. You just get up there and say, hey, hallelujah. Praise God, everybody. Hey, God is good. He said, I'm tired of it. No more games. I'm telling you, I'm done. Not only are you done from passing the church, I'm walking away from the faith. Now, those who served with him in ministry now began to tell us that the truth is he's walking away from the church but not from the faith. Hear this. Hear this. Hear this. Let me conclude before you understand what I'm saying. They say he's walking away from the church but not the faith. They said he never had the faith to begin with. I mean, that, 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 that was, that, for me, that was a clincher. Yeah. They said, yeah, he's walking away from the church. Yes, we can see that. But it's not walking away from the faith because he never had the faith. You have to have it to walk away from it. They said, this man, we know him, we sat with him for 30 years. He never had the faith. He was only a wolf in sheep's clothing. And you can only do that for a while. You get tired of cha- you know, you know, woof, you have to change your, yeah. your your <laughs> yeah. your change your skin, he got tired, man. Yeah. So I want to make sure you understand. This second elephant in the room is a real one. But Paul's answer is no. God does not give you grace so you can live anyhow. And we address the scripture. Titus 2, 11, 12. No. That's not true. However, the reason you don't live carelessly is not the same reason most religious traditional church teaches it. Most traditional setting teaches that you and I live holy, walk circumspectly, honor God, reference to God by the things we do. Fulfill the Ten Commandments. Honor your father, honor your mother. Don't do this, don't do that. And that when you do those things, yeah, you're able to walk on the straight and narrow. Is that your experience? Is that my experience? Absolutely not. Because if that was possible, you wouldn't need God. You just need, you just need the positive thinking and discipline. Get some point. If a man or a woman was committing immorality... In fact, this has happened to, in our congregation before, we are, I, a man was living carelessly, was in immorality, and I disciplined him. So I told him to sit in the back of the church, be in church three days a week, gave him things to do, uh, blah, 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 blah. Man, you law bank you. I wish i don't know what I know then. It didn't help the man. My punishment and reprimand did not help his case. It didn't. You must understand that when God corrects us, he does not correct us to reprimand. He corrects us to restore. Big difference. So when I'm telling the man to sit in the back of the church, is that (laughs) restoration? So what I'm saying to you, your self-effort will never bring you healing or restoration in that area of your life. Whatever the area is. It all boils down to the power of the Holy Spirit and your cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Nothing about what you do or don't do. Not 19 steps to avoid adultery. 19 steps to avoid lying. 19 steps to, not lie, to lie. Those things don't work. It will work for one day, one week, one month and all of a sudden you find yourself back in the same situation. That's what happens. Because the law was never made to make anybody better. Never. Okay? So, let's move on. And we're going to address how to live right. We're going to address that in a a minute now. So now, Galatians chapter 2 again. Let's pick up from verse 18. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Now, this is Paul. Who is destroying the law... For him to go back and build the law back, he becomes a transgressor. Now, he's going to tell us how to make that change. For I through the Lord, died to the law that I might live to God. Now you've been reading this scripture for a long time. You probably have it memorized. But you do not know the connection between this scripture and living right. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. The next sentence is huge. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. What am I saying? The remedy. The remedy. So living right, living holy, living uprightly, living righteously, living (laughs) uprightly before God is simply in your identity. A change in identity is required... For real change. And that's what Paul is saying in Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I. Something has happened. I'm crucified, so I'm dead. But I'm living. Oh, by the way, it's not me living. Christ is the one living in me. That's the key. You are going to live right, walk right, talk right. It has to be Christ doing it through you. So all this self-effort of me trying to do this and do that to be, it's a waste of time. You cannot do it. You are not made to do it. Ah, this is huge. This is where the rubber meets the road. You don't understand this? You love God, you're a Christian, you speak in tongues, you pray 19 hours a day, you still be a mess. Identity is the key. Okay, let me give, let, let's look at an example. If I took a fish out of the river and brought it here and just laid it on the floor, now this is official, all right? I put the fish on the floor here. How, how long will it take for you to die? I'm not hurting it. Why does it die? Pardon me? The environment. the environment. It's a healthy fish. I didn't beat it. I didn't kill it. I just put it on all I did was just put it on the ground now, So Why should it die? The identity of the fish demands that the fish flourish in water. On the other hand, you take an eagle that's soaring, flying in the skies and submerge inside water. It's an ego, but you put it inside water. How long will it take for you to die? Uh, you guys are... are, are tar- you die very quickly. In each case, what's the difference? <laughs> they don't belong in the place you put them. Why? Because of their identity. You can, you, you can, you can go and train, but I train. Train, train, train. Say, you fly on an airplane. You fast and pray and say... In two years, you would have faster so well, you just lift off and start flying like a plane. Would you be able to do it? Ah. Why? Because you're a human being. And as humans, you are made to flourish in this terrain. So the issue of identity, you must recognize it very thoroughly. As a child of God, your identity. Your DNA, what God programmed in you as his son, as his seed, as his child, empowers and it keeps you to live in a certain way. But if you did not know that, you attempt to live in a way other than what your DNA prescribed. And it's nothing but frustration and excessive futility because you will never be able to do it. So Paul is saying, I am crucified with Christ, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself for me. So what he's saying, you know what? i stop living. You go read Romans chapter 7. He said, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing it. The things I want to do, I cannot do it. This is a born again man talking about this. He said, who will deliver me from this wretchedness? He was so frustrated. Living under the law, the things he wants to do, he can't. He's just, he's he's not able to. Why? Because he did not understand that this life must be lived on the basis of his identity. So as a child of God, how do you live out your identity? Huge. Huge. Paul gave us the answer. He said, put on the new man. I think it's Ephesians Ephesians chapter 4. Put on the new man, which according to God (laughs) is created in true holiness and righteousness. How do you put on the new man? That's the part that you and I must play. God is not going to play that for you. This This is part of my responsibility now. He's done all the work. He just says, put it on. If I go and buy you a nice jacket, Bishop, and I present the jacket to you I say, Man, you like it, say, Oh man, I love it. Now, if I give you the jacket and you're still waiting for me to put it on you, is that not a problem? <laughs> God says, I have done it, just put it on. Put it on. Wait. Put on the new man. I'm not sure that we're going to deal with the details of how to do that now because it's late in the afternoon because I want to be fresh when I'm telling you that. <laughs> no, seriously. But these are the little keys that makes the difference between living under the law, trying to please God under the law versus living under grace, believing in who you are, and letting God do the work through you. Very, very, it's, it's so effortless, it's crazy. I'm telling you. And it works. And you will start seeing the change. You, you you see it. You begin to see it. It says, it's, 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 ah, oh God, Michelle. I don't know what to say. But it's very real. Are you hearing me? So that's the issue. It's not that grace allows you to sin, no. It does not permit you to sin, no. It does not want you to sin, no. Grace, if anything, has equipped you with tools that will make you abstain from sin. That's the main point. It gives you the tools that will help you abstain from sin. But you must be willing to use the tools. That's the the problem. That's the problem. We have learned over years to use the wrong tools for so long. So now, try to make the change to using the right tools. Okay, for instance, the tools we have now, it, 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 you know, it does not have to take you 15 hours to get it working. But you are used to praying for 21 days. So if I tell you to just say something in five seconds, uh-uh, it's too simple. It's not, it's not possible. You can't walk. You can't walk. How long did it take Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead? Lazarus, come forth. If they brought the dead apostle here now, you know how will we will be praying? Manda. You first jump up. You reach the ceiling here. You do your acrobatics. And then you turn around. You oh, eternal king of glory. You say, oh, I said, God don't know who his name is. (laughs) (laughs) Lazarus, comfort. It was done. If Africans were there, they said, no, shut up, Jesus. Ah, where do you go to school? You don't understand prayer. Then let me teach you the ABCs of prayer. First, you get into adoration. You bless His name. You confess this. You go. Lazarus, come forth! In fact, it's so bad that if you have to do that in church today and just tell your you, on you are healed," they'll still be standing there. They think you just warming up to pray. <laughs> 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 God, God help us. And this is what was the book of Acts. That's the way. That's where they operated. The man at the gate of beautiful. How much prayer did Peter pray? Silver and gold have us not. And why did they say that? Because the man is asking for money. Silver and gold have us not. What I have, in Jesus' name, rise up and walk. How long does that take? You go teach in an African church, you say, no, this guy, you don't know anything about prayer. Let me send you the school of prayer. Get the money. Let him teach you how to pray properly. The problem is us. The work of us, it still works. First of all, you that's going to pray the prayer and say, rise up and walk, you don't believe that it will happen. No. Because you are feeling you have to pray at least for three minutes, at least minimum. I have a pastor friend of mine in Nigeria. He breaks prayer down in units. For this, you you need two units. For that, he has it all broken down, like physics. (laughs) True story. You know the guy. I don't want to mention his name because I believe he's a man of God. I do believe that. I just think he has that, he's just missed that part. Yeah. So for every activity, he has divided the whole activities of life into units of prayer. And he believes he if you don't pray those units, you can't get the result. Mm-hmm. Till this day. I have never seen so much bondage all the days of my life when God is trying to get some things to us and we are saying, no, it has to be like this. That's the problem. The tools of the kingdom are easy. They are simple. But we, have, we first have to unlearn the old mess that we all learned, including me, including me. There are still times I catch myself, hey, Lord, God, help me, grace, I receive grace. <laughs> because the, the, the default for me and you is, look, okay, this is what makes it difficult. You go to school, you have to perform to get a good grade. You go to work, you have to perform to be promoted. Yeah. But you come to the kingdom of God and say, no, your performance don't count. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. It's difficult. Now, I'm not saying you don't perform in the kingdom of God. But I'm saying you do not perform to gain favor. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? You are not performing to gain God's acceptance. You are already accepted in the beloved. Amen. Not only that, you are chosen before you are born. In love. In him. When I, I'm coming. When I was in school, back in those days, when we were playing soccer, we all line up in the field like a like, like, like slave trade. And, and, and we play this, uh, what they call in those days, walk and eat. Which means there may be five aside side, because we're not enough to be 22 on the field. So five on this side, five on that side. We all line up. Two good players will come. Okay, so this one will pick this one. Okay, you. You're my side. Then I will pick you on my side. How are they picking? They are picking based on your ability. Some of us that can't play too well, we are the last, on, the last to be picked. <laughs> when you are picked last, you understand what that means. That means we just we just add you to fill the to to complete the team. We don't expect anything anything out of. <laughs> so we were chosen based on our abilities, but God didn't choose you on ability. He chose you based on His love. Understand that if you can. So when you look at yourself and you have low self-esteem, you need to remind yourself, no, I don't have a low self-esteem. God loved me so much. He chose me. He saw something in me for him to choose me. Hallelujah. Yes. And I said, result of that, you don't believe what man or woman is telling you about yourself? Absolutely not. You know who I am? You know what my ID is? I'm a child of the king. Yes. I am a child of God. And therefore... I understand the privileges and the benefits that come with being a heir to the kingdom of God. There was a question? Yeah, later on. Yeah. Yeah, take my mic.
1: Sir, so I want to appreciate you, sir. Uh, looking at what the way you build on this, on the message of grace. And I'm saying this because of what I saw back in Nigeria uh, before we start this journey. There were several meetings for thirty-three three days, and those meetings really helped. And I, in Nigeria, I know one uh, bishop. He will be in the first five top bishop in Nigeria. I don't want to mention his name. He said he to, wanted to preach the issue of grace, but at the end of the day, it caused confusion and commotion because I also served in the PFN state Quo and I know this. Then and now I now appreciate those meetings where we were able to hear some things before we we're able to, uh, before you now build on it. And I said to Pastor Mike that, thank God for the meeting that Baba had before sharing this. If not for that meeting, many of us also would have reacted the same. The same way, because there were there was no foundation before. Now I'm saying this because of where I'm heading to. Now, uh, when you look at the message of grace, also, it can also be preached in a way where it will be seen as a license to sin. We have seen that back at all, that, and. Some are also preaching it for exploitation. Now, where I'm going, the question now is this, and it became my uh, utmost concern. That is, in the work of missions, definitely our message must change by virtue of what we are Mm -hmm. hearing. How do we do that? Now, uh, on uh, how do we now bring that down to the issue of reaching the nations? I'm talking about in the mission trust. Yes. I'm asking this question because I also lead a mission group so that we can now align with it. Then I come up with a question. Now, I know... That in your style of ministry, from day one, you don't like crowd. From day one that I met with you (laughs) in my degree, it became a struggle for you to even come to Lagos. Uh, We thank God that at last you were able to, and it helped us a lot. Can we get a Bible study outline that we, we can't do it among the crowd, but can we get something? That you can use to reach out to more people. Because why I'm asking the question is thank God for all the materials that we have, we have received. But we still will not, we know we still need something else. For how long are we going to do this closed circuit? Uh it's having impact. Yes. But we can reach more people since we have something that is different from what we have we are seeing because the grace message I, I'm from Nigeria the grace message is causing confusion in Nigeria Called great confusion and how <laughs> I wish how I wish what we are here because, because if you mention grace some people will all just switch off immediately and you can't blame them is because of what we are hearing, what we are seeing. Even if, understand if uh to tell some people about grace, you have to start from somewhere before <laughs> and be honest. Yes so I hear you. My my question leads to a request. Yes. So that we can use that and come uh out uh, by virtue of where we are. In PFN Lagos, I'm in the state Tech school, in NEMA. I'm in the neck. So what I'm hearing, there should be a way of bringing it, and, uh, and Baba is now saying that you are not coming to Nigeria. that's, uh, that's another part of it.
0: First of all, let me, let me answer from, with the last part first. It's not that I'm not forever coming to Nigeria, but it has to be under the right circumstance. Uh, and this is the reason. This is the reason. Pastor Lincoln has worked with me for years. It's been a long time. So we've worked together for a long time. And I appreciate you so, so much. Uh, it's one of the most faithful servants of God you ever want to see. That's just the truth. My challenge with Nigeria is that we are forever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. I do not know many, many ministries who contend for the faith once preached to the saints. Do you understand what I'm saying? Thank God for kind that of you are here. But I'm not sure which citizenship you belong to. I don't know if you're Ghanaian or Nigerian. I'm not <laughs> if Ghana is doing well, you're Ghanaian. If Nigerian is doing well, you're Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a lone, vo- a lone voice in the wilderness who like John the Baptist who say, you know what? I'm going to contend for the faith. It doesn't matter what it costs me. It doesn't matter what I lose or what I don't gain. This is the truth. I'm going to walk in it. So what I see, is, nah, not everybody is like this in Nigeria, so I want you to understand what I'm saying. I'm speaking as a matter of generalization, but it does not mean every ministry in Nigeria is like that. So please understand that. There are good, solid ministries doing good, solid work. There are. I know a few of them, by the way. That's the truth. But for the most part, for as many churches as we have, to see the nation in such reckless disarray, the way it is, it is an indictment on the church. How can we call a prayer meeting of two million people? And in that prayer meeting, if you don't watch your bag, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be someone who's going to steal it. In fact, this is not somebody. This happened to me last year at Abekota. I won't tell you the function. I wore this... Uh, I got that dashiki and I had my phone on the outside pocket. Ah, I finished. I'm I closed the meeting in prayer. I finished praying before I walked from the podium to the end of the auditorium. My phone was gone. Oh, Brand new phone Samsung S9. Now. The loss of the phone was not such a tragedy. Let me tell you, let me tell what was so tra- 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 tragic. When I started telling the po- my friends that I uh, lost my phone, ah, you put it. I said it was a gift. You left it for them as a, <laughs> a gift. <laughs> Everybody told me the same thing. Not one person criticized the thief. Everyone said to me, you, uh, you, here? you you brought it as a gift for them. Ah. I said, what kind of human means are these people? <laughs> so we have been so messed up that good has become bad and bad has become good. That's the, that's the state. That's the state. <laughs> so, 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 but I, I, I just want to see more people stand up and contend for the truth. So, you're right, we did those meetings. People were, ah, yeah, daddy, this, ah, man, this is so good. Ah, bless God. We turn around. You just look back again. They're back in the law! <sighs> What's going on? I and mean, the people are back at me, singing the same songs, praying the same prayers, living the same life, doing the same messages. So, after a while, you have to do what Paul did. Paul was traveling in the book of Acts, and the Jews were co- Contending against him. He said, you know what? From this day, I'm leaving you. I'm going to the Gentiles. Have you read that in the book of Acts? Yes. <laughs> That's what Paul did. So yes, we still minister in Nigeria. But we do it very circumspectly. Sons ministries are meeting such as this when the time is right. Yeah, The days of... The glamour and the big stage, I'm, I'm just not interested. I'm not interested. I want to see change lives. Thank you for listening to this message. You can reach Pastor Bank on Facebook at Pastor Bank Akimola on Instagram at Bank Akimola on Twitter at Pastor Bank. Stay blessed
1: purpose in mind You say to